Village Church. Happy Father's Day to all the dads again. If you have your Bible, please open it to Psalm 32. Psalm 32. Nelson Mandela is the well-known South African president who served 27 years in prison. He was convicted and sentenced to life for trying to overthrow the state. You see, he he fought against uh, an, an unjust apartheid government that benefited one group of people and oppressed another group of people. And when he was finally released from, from, from jail, this is what he said. He says, as I walked out the door towards the gate that would lead to my freedom, I knew if I didn't leave bitterness and hatred behind, I would still be in prison. As I walked out the door towards the gate, towards my freedom, I knew if I didn't leave bitterness and hatred behind, I would still be in prison. These words by President Mandela, what do you think they represent? You see, he wasn't just walking to, towards freedom. He was walking also in forgiveness. Forgiveness. What about you? What about me this morning? Are we holding on to some bitterness? Is there some, any type of hatred that, is, that lives in our heart at this moment? All of us have been hurt by others in word and deed. And we have hurt others in word and deed. Just look back over your life this week. Look at your relationships. Look at your interactions with with other people, your family, your spouse, your kids, your coworkers, your neighbors, those who are different than you. What do you see? Do you see forgiveness? Were you, did you walk in forgiveness? Were you able to extend forgiveness? Were you able to receive and embrace forgiveness? Forgiveness isn't easy. I know. It's hard. It's truly hard to walk in forgiveness. And so we're going to get some encouragement today from David. We're going to begin walking through Psalm 32. And this psalm is about walking in blessed forgiveness. We're going to focus on the first two verses today. I'm going to read the whole psalm to you. So this is God's word, beginning in verse 1. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said I would confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters they shall not reach him. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Do not be like the horse or the mule who without understanding, who must be curbed with, with bit and bridle, or they will not stay near you. 
Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. This is God's word. Please pray with and for me. Father, as we come to your truth, we come realizing that this is just not words of man, just not nice poetic words. This is truth. This is your word, Father. And we don't come lightly. I don't handle it lightly. And so we pray that your Holy Spirit, our counselor, the one who lives in us, that he will descend and move in this place and give us understanding, Lord. Show us what it means to truly walk in forgiveness, Lord. Show us, show me what it means and what it looks like. And so you know where we are. You know where each person is dealing with, which each family is dealing with. You know what we need as as a covenant body here in this church. And I pray that you will move in us to the praise of your glory. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. In order for us to walk in in blessed forgiveness, we must first understand what it means to be forgiven. We must understand what it means to be forgiven by the Lord God. Notice what I said, to be forgiven by the Lord. That's a passive phrase. You see, a sentence with a passive voice means the subject of the sentence has an action done to it by someone or something. By someone or something. The forgiveness that David talks about here is a passive forgiveness. It's a forgiveness that is given to us by the Lord God. It is his action, his divine action done to us apart from any work of our own. He does it freely. And we are passive recipients of the forgiveness. But now this forgiveness that David talks about is is not an occasional forgiveness. It's not irregular. It's not few and far in between. It's not random. It's not once in a blue moon forgiveness. Instead, it's a constant state of forgiveness. Think about that. A constant state of forgiveness that we can live in. To be forgiven means you are labeled forgiven. And David says this state of forgiveness is a blessing. Happy are those who have it. Are you happy this morning? Are you happy to be forgiven? Are you happily walking in forgiveness? David says in verses 1 and 2, Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts. No iniquity. To be labeled forgiven is happiness. To be in a constant state of forgiveness is a blessing. But do we believe it at the end of the day? Do you believe it? You see, these two verses here are the reason why David can say what he says in verses 3 through 11. Because if verses 1 and 2 are not true, the rest of the psalm doesn't really matter. If forgiveness isn't a blessing, if everything he says isn't true, then the rest of the psalm doesn't matter. 
You see, he has to understand first what it means to be forgiven, and so do we. If we don't understand what it means to be forgiven, we will not walk in forgiveness. If you don't understand what it means for you to be forgiven by God, then you won't walk in forgiveness. You can't walk in it. Happy is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. The Hebrew term translated transgression deals with acts that reject God's authority and covenant. It's deeds of rebellion is what they are. It's revolt, it's rejection. It's rebellion against him, rebellion against his authority, rebellion against his word. And, and, and David is saying here, this rebellion, this rejection can be forgiven. Your rejection, your rebellion, your revolt against God can all be forgiven. But do you believe it? Everyone needs to be forgiven of something. We're not completely fresh and clean. We don't walk around with halos over our heads. Everybody here needs to be forgiven of something. We lie. We're self-righteous. We have slandering tongues. We have judgmental spirits. We all have it. What transgressions are tucked away in your closet that you don't want other people to see? What are they? Think about it. And please understand, whatever they are, whatever those transgressions may be, you can be forgiven of them. You don't have to hide them in a closet. You have to acknowledge them, and you can be forgiven. You can be forgiven. I can be forgiven. We can be forgiven. The Hebrew term translated forgiven literally means take, to take up and carry away. That term means to take up and carry away. Think about that. Do you see the picture? Can you visualize what that means? What forgiveness does? It takes up your sin and carry your sin away. That's what he means. Your transgression is a burden that you carry. A heavy weight on your shoulders. You have a duffel bag filled with all kind of sin goodies. Eventually your sin catches up with you. You bear it. You carry it. You feel it. It weighs you down. But the Lord's forgiveness can lift up that burden and carry it away. Happy is the one whose transgressions has been lifted up and carried away. Happy is the one who no longer has to carry the burden of her own transgressions. Happy is the one whose shoulders are free from the weight of his own sin. I don't get no amens from that. You must not want your sins to be carried away. You must not be happy to be forgiven. Happy are those who walk in this forgiveness. This is awesome. This is amazing. To have my sin lifted up and carried away. That I no longer have to carry it on my back. Like a, with a backpack. There's no longer a monkey on my back. The monkey has been lifted up. And that is not all. This, this forgiveness has more awesomeness to it. He doesn't just lift up and carry away my sin. He puts your sin out of sight. Say what, Pastor? 
he puts your sin out of sight. That's what David means when he says, blessed is he whose sin is covered. That term means to put out of sight. It means out of mind, out of sight. It means your sin is forgotten by him when he takes it away from you. That's what it means. It is covered. You no longer have to bear it. The Lord doesn't lift up your sin and carry it away one day, then use it against you the next day. He doesn't do that. Our Heavenly Father isn't some shady deity. He doesn't operate in what I call FF. That's faith forgiveness. That's what we do. And faith forgiveness is forgiving someone with your lips. But in our hearts, we lift up that sin and we carry it to a laundry list. We don't put it out of mind, out of sight. We transfer it to a laundry list to use against that person later. And when that person hurt us, when that person sinned against us again, we pull out that list and we go in like Judge Judy. This is what you did. Here's your sin. We hang the transgressions over their head. Faith forgivers fight dirty. Faith forgivers don't walk in blessed forgiveness. They don't know what it means to be forgiven. Do you have a laundry list of someone's sin right now? Well, in fact, who is the person? We all have one. We all have a laundry list of someone else's transgressions. Are we keeping the track of our spouse's failures? Do we take mental note of our sibling's shortcomings? Co-worker? Family member? A friend? An enemy? Someone who's different than us? Our neighbors? Those immoral people? Faith forgivers, they don't hold people accountable for their sin. They shame them for their sin. They shame them. Please understand, that laundry list is a shameless. That's what it is. It's called a spade of spades. It's a shameless. And now, if you are a believer, oh yes, I'm getting ready to go in now. <laughs> I'm not going to shame you. I'm not going to beat you up. I'm not going to tell you the truth. If you are a believer, one who has saving faith in Jesus, then you are in a constant state of forgiveness before God. He does not keep a shameless of your sin in some heavenly filing cabinet to use against you later. He has lifted it up and carried it away. His, your sin is forgotten. As Psalm 103 says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. That's what he does. It's carried it up, lifted away, and forgotten. But how is all this possible? How? How can we have this type of forgiveness, this is too good to be true. How can this forgiveness be this happy state? Blessed is he whose transgressions is covered, whose sin is forgiven. How is that true? It's true because there's a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And when sinners like you and me plunge beneath that flood, we lose all our guilty stains. All of them. Can I get Amen. I guess I need to pull out the sign, I guess. <laughs> Jesus died for all our sins on that cross. All your sin is nailed to that old rugged cross. Not 25% of them, not 50% of them, not 75%, 100%. 100% of your sin is what he died for. Past, present, and future. You know why? Because he had to pay it in full. 
That's why. The sin debt demanded full payment. He couldn't make monthly installments. He couldn't put it on layaway. He couldn't pay it with credit. He paid it all up front and he did it with his own blood. Your blood, his shed blood is the reason our sin is lifted up and carried away. His blood is the reason your sin is covered and forgotten. His blood is the reason. People who have seven faith in Jesus are covered in his blood. Covered in it. It will always cover them. It will always cover us. The blood will never run dry that flows over you. Jesus' blood will never form into a blood clot. It will never harden. Your sin won't dry it up. Your struggles won't harden it. Your unbelief can't stop it. Because the blood will never lose its power. It will forever flow over you. Those who have faith in him. From the highest mountain to the lowest valley. And at the end of the day, the Jesus' blood, all it does is win. You can put your hands up and say amen because of that. But do you believe it? I can be passionate and loud all I want to, but if you ain't believing it, it don't matter. If it ain't touching your heart and convicting you, it doesn't matter. Do you believe it? That the blood is the reason you have this blessed state. The blood is the reason your sin can be lifted up and carried away. There is no other way to have your sin to be washed away other than through the blood of Christ. There's no other way. Sin demands death. Sin demands a shedding of blood. That's what it demands. Either the blood of Jesus now or your blood later. The debt will be paid. Can't pay it with good works. Can't pay it by being good southern folk, good Americans, being good citizens volunteering our services to help the poor. We do those things because of who we are. We don't do those things to earn salvation. So if you want forgiveness, you've got to come to the blood. Your good deeds won't ever outweigh your bad deeds because you're always bad. Because we're sinners. We need to be washed. And remember what I said before, not washing off in the sink. You need to bathe. In the blood is what we need. And there's more to it. David goes on and says, Blessed is he, blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Do you know what those words mean? Count no iniquity. The Hebrew term that, 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 that is translated count also means to impute. To reckon, to make a judgment. Blessed is the man whom the Lord does not impute his own sin. And what do you mean by that, Pastor? Here's what I mean. The Lord does not impute to us the guilt of our sin. He imputes to us the righteousness of Christ. That's what I mean. It means the sins of believers, the sins that you struggle with, are not counted against you because of Christ. It means your sin struggles won't send you to hell. For those who have faith in Jesus. Because the blood truly cleanses you. You see on the cross. There was a great exchange. Something took place when Christ died on the cross. All of your sin. All of our sin went to him. And all of his righteousness went to us. That's what I mean by impute. 2 Corinthians 5.17 
For God made him who knew no sin to be sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. Another way of saying that is, blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity. In whose spirit there is no deceit. The blood of Jesus is what washes you. The blood of Jesus is all your righteousness. The blood of Jesus is all your peace and all your hope. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. That's what we stand in. That's what we live in. That's what makes us right with God. And when God sees us, he sees us covered in the blood of his lamb. Not the sins that we struggle with. And because of that, you can go to him and ask for forgiveness. I struggle with shame and guilt. I live in it constantly. Struggling with shame and guilt over sins that's already been forgiven. I've read Psalm 32 forever. I have written journals entries on Psalm 32. And I always, I always skip down to verses 3 through 11 because I think that's the important stuff. But those first two verses hit me a few weeks ago. Hit me a few weeks ago like a ton of bricks. Because I realized I never thought about forgiveness as a happy state. I never thought about forgiveness as a blessed state that I can live in. I never thought about it that way. But it is that I don't have to live my life shaming myself over sins that Christ died for. He died because I don't have it all together. He died because sometimes I'll overeat and eat too many cookies. He died. Because I'm lazy sometimes. He died because I'm not always a good husband. He died because sometimes I get home and I'm selfish and I don't want to play with my kids. He died sometimes when, when people get on my nerves and I don't want to hang out with them. He died for my sins. And I can own him and not shame myself for them. I can go to him and ask for forgiveness. If I know what it means to be forgiven, then I can walk in forgiveness. You can walk in forgiveness and not shame for the sins that you struggle with. The voices that come to you telling you, you you're nothing. All you do is struggle with this sin. We ain't ever going to get over that. That's the enemy. That is not the spirit. That is not God. And this table, this meal, this wonderful, 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 wonderful meal is a reminder to us that our sins are covered, our transgressions are forgiven. This meal is a reminder of the blood that will never harden, the blood that will never stop flowing over you. This meal is a reminder that the blood of Jesus over your life will never lose its power, ever. But do you believe it? That's the question. Now, if you're a believer and you have faith in Christ, this meal is for you. Now, if there's a, some sin that the Holy Spirit is convicting you of, please repent of that now before you take the elements. Now, if you have an issue with a brother or sister or someone you have not been reconciled to, then you need to reconcile to them before you take this meal. That's what God's Word tells us. Go be reconciled to your brother or sister. Then come back to the altar. Come back to the table then. Now, if you're here and you don't know Jesus, I'm glad that you're here. Thankful for you for being here. 
And it's my prayer that one day that you will come to faith in him. And if you have questions about what that means, please see me after the service and I will tell you the good news of Jesus and how all your sins can be washed away. Now, adults, I ask that you, for the kids with you who have not been admitted to the table, I please ask you that don't let them receive the elements. And this is my favorite part of communion. I get to talk to all my little kids. I'm your pastor, too, not just a pastor, your parents. I'm your pastor, too. And as your pastor, it's my prayer that each and every one of you will one day come to faith in Jesus. Come to faith in him. That one day you get to partake of this meal with your mom and dad. And I want you to realize and remember, know that Jesus lived. He died on the cross for all your sins. I know you're small and you're little. You might not know what sin is, but he died for them. And one day is our prayer that you, each and every one of you, will come to faith in him and be able to partake of this meal. Now I'd like to have, ask the officers who are assisting to help come move forward, come forward. And now we're going to have a time of preparation. Ask the Holy Spirit to prepare your mind and to prepare your heart to receive this meal. Father, we ask that you would take these simple elements and use them to strengthen us spiritually, to nourish us, to help us to remember the forgiveness that we have is a happy, blessed state that we can live in. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity. Thank you, Father, for such wonderful forgiveness. The Lord Jesus, on the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and having given thanks, he broke it. He gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. silent. My bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. And I acknowledged my sin to you. And I did not cover my iniquity. I said I would confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Have mercy on me, O Lord, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, 
cleansed me and cleansed me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and have done what is evil in your sight. shepherd I shall not want he makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside still waters he restores my soul he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death I will fear no evil for you are with me your rod and your staff they comfort me you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? call my rock be not deaf to me so much 